Good morning. If you'll stand with me, let us go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before your throne of grace, God, with gratitude, with hearts that are full of joy and praise and adoration unto your name. God, I pray, Lord, Holy Spirit, come. Come in this place and manifest yourself in such a mighty way among us. Lord, we thank you and we praise you for the opportunity to be together in the house of the Lord. And we thank you that we can come unto you and we can lift up your holy, holy, holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you ready to worship the Lord? The great I am, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the maker of heaven and earth. Or three of you are. Well, that's good. Hot dog. Here we go. Come, Jesus.
coming to reign. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Do you need him this morning? Oh, I do. Every day. Hallelujah. Sing to the Lord. Lord, I
Church, the Lord is here this morning and he is moving and blessing and he wants to speak to you. As Beth and the worship team go back into that song for a little bit, the altars are open. Please feel free to come up and worship the Lord. If there's any business that you need to do with Jesus, the altars are open. that will come up and pray with those that are up around the altar. Um, please come up and pray with those that are around the altars, those of you that are on our prayer team. Church, the Lord wants all of us, not just part of us. We so many times withhold back from the Lord, and I believe he's calling today and he's saying, come, offer all of you to me. So many times we hang on to different parts of our heart. I believe we need to lay that at the foot of the cross. Whatever it is that you have need of, Scripture says that God has already provided that.
church? Is he all that your heart is living for? Is he all to you? Do you have other things in your heart and in your life that are pulling at you, pulling at your attention, that are distracting you from your walk with the Lord? Is he all that your heart is living for? Take a moment and analyze your heart this morning, church. Is he all? That's what he wants is all of us, not just part of us, not just a fraction of us, but he wants our whole hearts. Take a moment this morning, church. The Lord is here. He wants to move. He wants to bless and he wants to speak. Jesus. Can you give the Lord a hand clap of praise? The biggest clap, not a patty cake. Let's give him a big praise and offering. A shout unto the Lord, the voice of the triumph. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes, hallelujah. We bless your name, Jesus. We worship you. Hallelujah. God is in this place. God is in this place. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I hate to do announcements in the middle of this. Wow. Uh, hallelujah. I think I'm going to go ahead, uh, Brother Brad, if you are ready, and we'll do announcements at, an, at the end of the service. I just feel like we need to keep rolling with what the Spirit has for us this morning. Brad Huddleston is not a stranger to us, and definitely not a stranger to me and my family. Uh, he has just been a good friend of the family for, for years and has come along beside us in different walks of life. And uh, it is a pleasure to have him and Beth with us this morning. Didn't Beth do an awesome job in leading us in worship? Let's give her a hand. So without further ado, I, I want you to put your hands together and give uh, Brad a warm welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So good to be with you this morning. And I really mean that. You know, guest speakers, I don't really feel like I'm a guest speaker. I feel like I'm part of the furniture now. Yeah. And that feels good. You know, I, I, I've often said I get to travel and go all these places, not since COVID. <laughs> but um, there's no place like home. And when I come here and with Kevin and Tina and Daryl, it's like the good side of the family. <laughs> you know why you laugh? Because you have those other side too, don't you? <laughs> And, you know, it's like being around Daryl. There's never a dull moment. Amen? Amen? But he was telling me today how bored he was this summer. And so, Daryl, I, I was out there 
by the visitor center, and I signed you up for the ladies' uh, cookout. <laughs> so um, I hope you have a really good time, ladies. <laughs> um, normally what I would do is give you a little bit of a missions report because, you know, you guys support us, and this year has been really, really hard. Uh, well, last year, because all of a sudden, all of the speaking circuits that I do and all the school tours that I do around the world in this country, it just got chopped off. And Pastor Kevin was the first pastor to call me and say, hey, because he understands what missionaries do and the challenges financially and logistically and rides to the airport. And I can think of the time Daryl would come if I needed him to give us rides up to Dulles and all that sort of stuff. But Kevin was the first to call say, hey, what can we do to help you? And that just, we love you guys and appreciate you so much. We really do. Um, I just want to, normally I would show you all the stuff on the screen, but unfortunately we weren't able to make that happen this time. Uh, so I'm just going to describe it to you uh, visually in your mind, theater of the mind. We were, right before COVID, we had been traveling to Indonesia, Sri Lanka, World Vision, uh, took us to Sri Lanka to do a tour. It's off the coast of India. Uh, if you've never been on that side of the world, and it was just horrible what had happened. It was only eight years out of a war, and so the country was really battered. The Muslims and the Buddhists were, were going at it pretty hard, and they took over all the Christian schools, the churches, and so forth, and, and so the Christians were in persecution pretty hard, and so they sent me on this speaking tour night and day. I was preaching in churches, and then I did a 10-day school tour, 10 days in a row, and then 10 nights with parent meetings. But the weird thing was, like, I remember I went into John Wesley School because originally the British were there. So all these really old British-style buildings were there and the British education system and the British schools, a lot of Anglican. But John Wesley School was there and various denominations had their Christian schools. And I remember I went into one of them, John Wesley's School, and there, the verses of Scripture were all over the walls, the, the, the statue out front. But when I went there, the Buddhists... And the Hindus had taken over and said, you cannot say Jesus, you cannot read those scriptures, you can't do anything. And I thought, man, America is becoming just like that. It's the same thing. When I rarely even, get, you know, I used to get into public schools here all the time. And now when they find out you're a Christian, you know, now if you're gay, you know, if you're part of LGBT, and I'm not being snot, I'm just saying if you're part of LGBTQ, if you're Muslim, that you can, you're welcomed in under diversity, but for some reason for us, we're not. So it's been a real challenge um, to, to go in, you know, to have all that stuff cut off. But what has happened, I just dug my heels in because I'm so well connected here in this valley with folks such as you and different ones. I'd been out in, um, right the week before the pandemic was declared, I was out in San Diego speaking at an education conference and I caught COVID. You remember that? cruise ship that was out there they wouldn't let them dock and eventually they, the military housed <laughs> well they spread the cheer to me and <laughs> look it was okay I mean I was sick really bad sick but not on death's door it was it was terrible but then you know just get over it you know um, and so the next week uh, I had to go out to Oregon Beth and I did to speak at another conference and then the cities by that time were burning you remember Antifa and BLM and all this were trashing the cities and doing all that stuff. And so as I was making our, our way back through uh, LAX and the different airports, I just, I was so distraught at what's happening to our country because we go away for six months overseas, we come home, and it's just like, what in the world is happening to this place? 
and, and the need for revival. So as we were making our way back from Oregon, the fear that you saw on people's faces in the airports and people were voluntarily wearing masks and at that time Dr. Fauci was saying don't wear them because it makes it worse and people were rebelling against him and then he flip-flopped. I mean, it was just, you know, it's been crazy, hasn't it? It's just been, it's been nuts. So I came home and, and revival was on my heart and I'm like, God, what do we do? What do we do? And I remember I was in my basement and I was walking up the steps and I was just watching the news and I had been out in these places and the cities were burning and all this was happening. And I just remember saying, when are the adults going to do something about this? And I heard the Lord just as plain as day, as I was walking up the steps out of my basement, I heard the Lord say, you are the adult, do something. Oh, I don't want to grow up now. <laughs> this is too big for me. God said it's not too big for me. Amen. You know, David did beat Goliath. And you've got Goliaths too. And God says, here's your round stone. I'm just redneck enough to throw the stone. I will. I'll run like crazy, but I'll throw it. <laughs> so I called my friend Kevin Harris. Some of you know Dominion Outdoors, especially if you're addicted to guns. That's a different sermon. Um, and I called him because we've been friends for 30 years. Um, met each other when we were two. <laughs> I'm a little bit older than that, actually. But um, Kevin and I have been friends and ministering together for that long. And I said, hey, let's get together. So I'm going to give you a missions report. I'm going to cut a long story very short, and I want to get on to what I'm going to preach about. We ended up, by the guidance of the Holy Spirit, starting a group here in Augusta County called City Elders. And basically, it's the watchman on the wall. We started gathering pastors and we had eight pastors come to the first meeting. We said, you know what, we got to do something. We need revival. You're going to have to throw off this denominational nonsense, focus on what we do agree on, and we're going to have to see revival come or we're done. So in that first meeting, I, I thought I was going to kill it the first meeting because I told them the pastors were sitting there. I knew all these pastors. I said, look, this thing's got to grow, and we need numbers if we're going to turn this thing around. But please, as you invite pastors, don't invite the trendy pastors with their cute little hairdos and their cute little glasses and they tell you how we got better ways to say it than Jesus did because we don't want to upset anybody because we don't live in that era anymore and I thought okay well, I just killed it <laughs> well fast forward two months later we're looking for a different place to meet because we've been meeting at common ground and we've outgrown it So God, the Holy Spirit has been moving. So what, what basically we're doing, we've gathered in pastors from all different denominations, or God's done it. I, I haven't done it. Neither has Kevin. We just opened the doors, and we've been praying and praying. And so we have also, we have civic leaders coming and business people. And we've out, just about outgrown this, and we have the chairman for the Republican Party of Augusta County comes, and uh, Donald Smith is coming uh, Next meeting, on, we meet every Friday because we, you know, we like the police. Can somebody say amen? amen. And we're going to let Donald know we love him and his uh, deputies. And we're going to gather around him and pray over him. And that's what we've been doing with various members of the Augusta County Board of Supervisors, school board members, a little bit different kettle of fish. But we're dealing with them too. 
And I'm going to tell you in just a few minutes what is happening. Uh, I don't know if you brought your Bibles because we spoil you with screens now, but I'm going old school today. <laughs> uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Um, and while you're at it, Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2. Now we're in a Pentecostal church. When I say Acts chapter 2, can't somebody say thank you, Jesus? Come on, you know what's coming when you get into Acts chapter 2. It's the cure, an outpouring of the Spirit. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Now, isn't it nice of me to wait till you get there? You remember in the old days when people would bring their Bibles to church and, and the minister would go, all right, 2 Timothy 3, and then take off reading, and you sitting there, now where is that in the New Testament? And then you have to look over at Daryl and say, that's in the New Testament. <laughs> I love you, Daryl. <laughs> Told you it's good to be home. <laughs> hey, he'll get me back. You know that. I'm just getting ahead. That's all. All right. Are you there yet? All right. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. I promise you it's accurate and it's not heretical. It'll be a Maybe a little bit different than yours, but it'll say the same thing. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. You know, if I were to say God's going to bless you, you'd say amen. <laughs> but when God also promises you there's going to be terrible times, it's like, I don't know if I want to amen that or not. I don't want to, but you know what? We're here. But David beat Goliath. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God. Scoffing at God. Disobedient to their parents. And ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. It's like reading the headlines here, isn't it? They will be unloving and unforgiving. I'm thinking of cancel culture. Forgive nothing. You've sinned one time, you're out. Aren't you glad Jesus is not like that? Amen. Seventy times seven, our God says. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. Isn't the Bible, it, it's just, it is so real and so without errors, Amen. It's powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. In so many years now, the last 20, 25 years, the church has done everything they can to appease people like that. It's called the seeker-sensitive movement, being seeker-friendly. came out of Willow Creek in Chicago. You do know that Paul the Apostle named names, don't you? I've been to Willow Creek. What has happened in Augusta County, we're seeing people who hate everything that is sacred. School board meeting the other night, I'm sure everybody's aware of it. 
250, 300 people showed up because of the bathroom issue with boys being able to use the girls' bathroom. That's LGBTQ. So 300 showed up. So what we have done as city elders in response to that, I stood up in front of the pastors. I had received a phone call from a, a friend of mine in Augusta County, and his wife's a school teacher in a public system up there in Elkton. And he said, look, critical race theory is coming to Rockingham County Schools, and my wife is going to quit. So what I've done is I've opened our church up. We'll just start a school right now. She'll teach them all. And so I stood up in front of the pastors at City Elders, because we've got a big group now, and I said, pastors, revival might come in a way that we didn't expect. The Marxists and the gays and everybody else want these children. You know that, don't you? And we've got a bunch of upset parents, and if we capitalize on this, if this is God, if we open up our churches and make schoolhouses out of them, in a flash, we could have thousands of kids under our care instead of the government's care. So, day before yesterday, Josh Wheeler from Cornerstone, good friend of mine, he said, let's meet today because we're going to open our, our church up. Ray Eppard from up at Victory said, I'll open mine. And we'll figure out a way to pay these, these teachers. Don't know how we're going to do it, but would you believe God with us that God will somehow resource this thing? Because we need to get involved. The church has been silent on these things for too long, and I'm not trying to bring politics in. It's just that when I look at these children, Jesus said it would be better for us to have a millstone tied around our neck and thrown into the sea than to lead one of these little ones astray. And we cannot sit by and watch the gays grab our children and indoctrinate them with that stuff and Marxism. So the mission field has become America for me. And so I'm rallying the troops. I'm not doing it. God is doing it. I'm not big enough to do it. I'm not smart enough to do it. But... But David beat Goliath because God made the stone go true. The only thing he was required to do was throw it. So as I was walking up the steps, God said, it's time for you to be the adult. And I just did what I felt the Spirit was leading. And God has guided this thing with all of my imperfections, with all of my sins, with all that stuff. And the grace of God will do the same with you. So we're at a really deep place of spiritual warfare. Acts chapter 1, we need a fresh move of the Holy Spirit. And this is the, the, the phase where we are. If you think for a moment that Richmond, Virginia and the government down there is going to stand idly by while we grab all these kids out of the public system and not do something about it, we're very naive. They want the children and God wants the children. They're not the government's they're gods, and we're in charge of that. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. This is where we are, brothers and sisters. This is what we need to seek God for, and I've been in some great revivals around the world. Last night, I, I think I confused Daryl, and I'm not going to pick on him now. This is serious. He messaged me because I, was a, I made a post. I'm going to be in Melbourne, Australia, speaking at this conference. And what I neglected to put on there was, because um, I assumed everybody knew, you, you, there are no international flights. 
You, you still can't travel. And I thought everybody knew that. But I'm used to that sort of thing. And so I posted I'm going to be speaking at this conference and on Sunday morning. And, and, and they're 14 hours ahead. So at 8 o'clock last night, we linked my studio up with theirs. I took total control. They had me on the big screen. I was playing my videos and doing what I normally do from here. And we had this, and it's a Nigerian church. The Nigerian pastor there several years ago immigrated to Australia as a missionary to Australia. And a bunch of other Nigerians and other Africans immigrated. So it was an African church in the middle of, of Australia. And I think I was the token white guy last night. But we get along so well. And if you've ever been to Africa or have ever worshipped with Africans, it, it, the, the service went forever. <laughs> and it was awesome. And I'm standing there in my studio with my hands raised. And they, they just worship with all their heart. It's just awesome. And so I was with them last night. And, and I had to tell Daryl, no, I'm here in the U.S. <laughs> so then because of you, I went and modified that and said, well, they're streaming me in. <laughs> so I apologize for the confusion because he thought, aren't you supposed to be preaching at Calvary tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's a miracle. <laughs> Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power. You, you. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You know that Augusta County is our Jerusalem. Virginia is our Judea, and then the country and the rest of the world is our Samaria. Samaria right now, other than the rest of the United States, sort of been cut off. So we dig our heels in, and we witness for Christ right here. But we have to be moved upon by the Holy Spirit first. We have to tarry until we are endued with power from on high. I don't know who our sister was that came up here this morning, but it's been a long time since I've seen somebody be at the altar and pray through. Anybody remember that terminology? And then I saw her grinning like a possum when she got up. Amen? There was a burden she was carrying. I didn't ask her what it was. None of my business, but I watched God touch her. Acts chapter 2, verse 4. When the endowment of the power comes on you, for some for the first time will receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit for some... As Ephesians 5, Ephesians 5 says, to keep on being filled, to be a refilling. But it says, and they were all filled. Everybody say all. all. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. And it is Ephesians chapter 5. You don't have to turn there. Verse 18 where it says to keep on being filled. Don't be drunk with wine. Be drunk in the Spirit. And the inference in the Greek there is to keep on being filled. I'm going to ask that you pray for me next week. I have been involved with Liberty University's Standing for Freedom Center. It used to be called the Falkirk. If you watch television, you know who uh, Sebastian Gorka and Jenna Ellis and uh, Eric Metaxas is. If you see them on Fox News, they have a, Liberty University has a think tank, a political think tank. And one of the directors, I've known him for a long time, he called and asked me to come down a, a, a long time ago, and I've spoken there. And, been involved with them. Well, they called me a while back, and they said, we want to go on a speaking tour, and we're going to start to deal with this issue. We want you to speak about edu Christian education. And so what I've been tasked with is they take me to Richmond. We're going to Richmond, the capital, where all this stuff is coming out of. 
There's some big, the tour starts there, and I'm going to be talking about pastors. Will you open your churches? Will you find a way to pay the teachers? And will you convert everything over? Because we've got to get the kids out of the schools now. And at the same time, not give up on the schools, but politically deal with that and try to get God back in and all that. But that's going to be a long process. And I've heard twice now, people come to me irritated, and they'll go, shouldn't we leave Christians in there to be a standard and a light in the middle of darkness? And I said, let me tell you something. That used to be the case. But the latest Barna statistics are this. Only 4% of our current crop of students, only 4% of the ones that go to church, too, only 4% have a biblical worldview. 96% do not view life through the lens of the Bible anymore. There are no kids in there standing strong, and the teachers have been overwhelmed and outpowered. And so we've got to deal with this on two levels. Let's grab the kids and give them a biblical worldview. So I'm connected with, if you know anything about you know, education circles in America, Christian education, I'm one of the speakers for Calvary Chapel's Education Association, the Assemblies of God, I speak for the ACTS, which is the Association of Christian Schools and Teachers, ACTS, isn't that a cool acronym for the Pentecostal group? And then uh, there are other ones that I speak for. And, and so one of them is also Renew a Nation out of Roanoke, and they're probably the biggest one. And so I've got, we've got a Zoom call with, with, with him while we're on this tour next week with uh, the President Jeff Keaton. Uh, because what we're trying to figure out, they have all this infrastructure that they've de- developed with, a, with curriculum, with a biblical worldview. And so we're going to get on there and say, how quickly can we deploy this curriculum if we get these churches opened all of a sudden and these kids come flooding in? So brothers and sisters, what I'm trying to say is missions work is ramping up in America, and it's with the children. Will you pray that God moves among them? And that God will bring teachers out of the public system who have a heart for God and they won't bring the nonsense that they've been trained with, but they will start to use those gifts that God has given them of teaching to propagate not only high academics, but most importantly, a biblical worldview. So that these children start to have a biblical worldview and we can say this time next year that 96% of our students have a biblical worldview. Now that would be a revival, wouldn't it? And the reason why I'm asking for prayer, if you don't think we're not going to be attacked, (laughs) but I don't care, I'm going. I'm just redneck enough to throw the smooth stone. I may run, but I'll throw it. Amen? Amen. And if God is in this thing, he'll make that stone crash the enemy right in the middle of the forehead. But you'll receive power. When the Holy Ghost comes on you, that's the only way this is going to happen. Is if the Holy Spirit anoints us, but He will. I love Mark chapter 16. And I would encourage you to turn there. Mark chapter 16, if you have your Bibles, verse 20. You probably know the passage already. But we need miracles along the way. We need miracles of finance. One of the things that has been such a blessing with city elders is that God is bringing business leaders out too whose gift is to finance the kingdom of God. And they're coming out of the woodwork. I don't even know these people. 
this is what we need, brothers and sisters. We need to be endued with power from the Holy Spirit. We need to tarry until He moves and anoints us and fills us. And then the promise in Mark chapter 16, verse 20. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere. And the Lord worked with them. Everybody say, the Lord worked with them. And He confirmed His word by the signs that accompanied it. Signs, wonders, and miracles. I may have told you this before, but when we're on the mission field, like outside of the U.S., we really depend on this, especially when you're in Africa. Beth and I had to drive from Pretoria, which is one of the capitals where the University of South Africa is. We had to drive around a township called Soweto. It's where the revolution took place with Nelson Mandela. And then we had to go around Soweto to another uh, university town, called Potchefstroom, and as we were driving and getting close, it's in Johannesburg, one of the most dangerous cities on earth. And as we started to go around Soweto, the GPS went off and said, congestion ahead, would you like to save 10 minutes and reroute? Well, I said, sure, hit the button. What I didn't know with the congestion was riots had started to break out all over Africa, South Africa. And if you think the riots in our major cities were bad, You've not been in an African riot. They're horrible. They're demonic. They're evil. They burn everything. They kill people. It's just terrible. And, and so we got stuck in traffic, and I saw this police helicopter buzzing right in front of us, and chaos was just going on all over the place. And I had been in this situation before, but I was, by my, well, I was with another guy. Beth wasn't with me on this trip. And, and if you've ever seen the footage on television or maybe even been there, you see tires burning, you see big rocks in the road, they put rocks in the road so the cars can't get through, and they smash the windows, and they take your money, they kill you, whatever. So as we're going through, the rocks were in the road, and I was having to dodge them. There was smoke from the burning tires, and the riot was going on down there, and I said to Beth, Honey, we have to pray now in the Spirit. And so we began to pray, and as the Holy Spirit would fill us, we were praying in our prayer languages and tongues. And things were getting worse, and when we got stuck in traffic, I looked up ahead, and I saw a bunch of riot police getting ready to go down into that mess. And I said to Beth, stay here. And I jumped out of the car, and I went running up to the police officer. I found one. He was in his riot gear, and he was getting ready to go down there. And I said, sir, I am so sorry to bother you. If you could just route us around this thing and get us out here and tell us where to go, I'd be so grateful. And he heard my accent, and he said, well, what are you doing here? Who are you? And I said, well, I, I'm, I'm an American, obviously. I'm, I'm a minister, and I'm also working with the university. And he looked at me, and he goes, a minister, it's so good to have a brother here. So I looked at him, and I said, may I pray for you? And he goes, please. So I just, put, and I have pictures of this. Beth was in the car taking pictures. I'll show you sometime. And standing there and, and we were praying and the spirit of God just came down and then when I said amen he looked at me and he goes can I pray for you and I went please and he prayed for me and he said look I'm going to go up here and I'm going to get a colleague we're going to get a police vehicle and we're going to get you out of here and it just was not our day to die and he said you stay on my bumper we're going to have to drive two kilometers a couple of miles, uh, a little less than that, but he went two kilometers against the traffic. Don't you leave my bumper. So we were weaving around all these rocks and, and all this sort of stuff. 
and, and, and then we ran into another riot. People were jumping the curb to get away from this thing, and we got stuck again, and the police was out there trying to figure out where to take us. And when I looked down, the gas gauge was down to just above a quarter of a tank. I didn't have near enough gas to get where we had to go. And, and if I would have gone to the gas station, they would have killed us. And I said to Beth, we, we've got to pray. We have to have a miracle. And we begin to pray in the spirit. And brothers and sisters, when I looked down, the gas went from a quarter of a tank up to nearly half a tank. And it stayed there until we got out of danger. Jesus is very real to me. He is very real to me because this, I was raised on this. And it's never left me since I was a child. 96% of our kids have no frame of reference. The ones raised in church have no frame of reference of what I just read to you about Jesus working with us. And so the, they gave us this escort. We eventually got out of danger and got where we were going. And after we got where we were going, the police officer called to check on me. Now that was a miracle. Brothers and sisters, I'm telling you this not because I'm favored by God by any some special way. I am, as you can tell, a redneck, carnal-natured guy who needs the grace of God just like everybody else. And he'll give that grace not only to me but to you. He will work with you and confirm his word with signs following. I am nobody special. I just said, I'll throw the rock. I don't know how these teachers are going to get paid. I don't know how the, who's going to open their churches. I just know people because of the education tours that I do. And it, and it turns out it's all culminating for a reason that I've met all these people because now we've got an infrastructure to do something about the mess that's in this country with Jesus confirming his word with signs following. Are you with me? Am I making sense to you today? We live in perilous times. It's dark and it's getting darker by the day. But greater is he who is in us than he that is in this world. Greater. And the Lord will work with us. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. The manifestation gifts. They're listed in 1 Corinthians 12. You don't need to go there. I'm just going to read them and I'm going to close. Brothers and sisters, after we've been filled with the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit being baptized, overflowing with the Spirit, when we're saved, we get a measure of the Spirit or you wouldn't be able to be born again. But then there's the overflow, the baptism, where you're totally immersed in the Spirit. And you've got to keep that active. You've got to keep going back to the well because we're leaky vessels. And once we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, then God says, I've got manifestation gifts that I will allow you to operate in. Now, I cannot go into, I don't, I've been, I've been used in probably most of these gifts at one time or another, but they don't stay with us. That's why they're called manifestation gifts. If, if I get the gifts of healing, for example, if, I, if it stayed with me, you know what I would do? I'd go over to Augusta Medical Center and clean the place out. <laughs> oh, I would. I'd march my little self right in there and go room by room, healing, healing, healing. I'd just clean them out. I would, wouldn't you? But it doesn't manifest that way. But I do remember when Kevin had a heart attack and Tina called me, I remember the Lord came on me and said, it's not his time to die. And I went over and told him. Well, I wasn't the only one, but I'm just saying. 
So he manifested on me and gave me some scriptures. And, and look, if, if that ever happens to me, seek God for a word for me, would you? Come visit me and pray for healing. It's not that I'm anybody special, but he's a friend. But God manifested, and Kevin's preaching now because of God's healing power. So the nine gifts, the manifestation gifts that are listed, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, faith, gifts of healing, working of miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, and diverse kind of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. I was speaking at Eastern Mennonite University. And let me tell you, they need a move of God. It's a long time ago. I think it was Eastern Mennonite College at the time, and, and I, I was in this auditorium, and it was just packed. I think we broke every fire law there was. They were in the floor, sitting everywhere. And, and, and they're mostly at that time Mennonites, and so they weren't kind of used to this. But as I was standing there, the Lord, as we were worshiping, the Lord said, there's a girl here, and he gave me a very specific name. And I had a vision. I saw this girl in her dorm room, and this guy, another student, would come and go in the bedroom, and they were fornicating. And at first she enjoyed it, but then she started to feel guilty, and, and I saw in this vision she felt dark and dirty, but she was in bondage and couldn't break it. And I thought, oh, Lord Jesus, how in the world do I give this? But I knew Jesus loved her. Do you hear what I just said? Jesus loved her. She was in sin, but Jesus loves her. He wasn't mad. He was loving her. Now, she was in sin and had to repent, but he loved her. And I felt that. But I had no idea who it was. And so I stood there, and I had them close their eyes, and I said something like, look, there's a girl here. This is your name. There's a guy visiting you. You're having sex. You shouldn't be. And you feel guilty, and you're in bondage. I'm not going to embarrass you and call you up here because Jesus loves you. What I'm going to do when I say amen, and I'll be talking to a whole bunch of people, I'm sure, afterwards, when everybody, you just hide somewhere, and when it's all done, you come out of the woodwork and talk to me. And so after the meeting, sure enough, I had all these college students coming around, we were talking and ministering to them, and eventually they'd leave one by one, and I saw this girl in the back just hanging out. And, and I remember she came up to me, and, and I, the name was spot on. And I remember she looked at me and she goes, how did you know? How did you know? I said, I had a, well, I didn't say it, but I thought, I had a word of knowledge. Jesus said he will work with us. And God set that girl free just like that. Even though she was in sin, he loved her. He loves you. And whatever you, you came in here with today, and it's sin, yes, you have to repent. you got to quit. I was just thinking, <laughs> I, I've said things that really should shut down a lot of meetings. It's like I speak at these men's meetings, and I'm calling them the repentance from pornography and everything else. And, you know, I'm, I don't know if I've said these exact words, but I'm sure I've said something like this, like, they're looking at me horrified because I've actually used the word sin in church, you know. And I'm like, what did you think you was getting today, Joel Osteen? <laughs> and then everybody's like, oh, like, well, I ain't him. And that's okay. 
It's okay that he does what he does, but it's also okay that I do what I do. That's between him and God. But it's not, not everybody's called to have a smiley face all the time. Sometimes we've got to get down to business. I'm not knocking what he's doing. I'm just saying don't knock what I do either. Amen? Sometimes these kids that are fornicating, they need somebody to call it like it is and love them and not just dance around it. Because the difference is, it's like, that's not God's best for you. And then there's, you're in sin, cut it out. Because if I just tell them that's not God's best for you, it's like, well, I'll take that. That's not that bad. But if you tell them you're in sin, you better quit. We're like, oh, conviction can come. Can somebody say amen? amen? Thank you. I love you. All right. I want to pray with you. Um, I was so relieved. I didn't quite know because of COVID, and I respect this, by the way. Um, not being snide about this. I, I couldn't give personally two hoots about social distancing. Never have. Um, I've been to Africa. <laughs> not much scares me. <laughs> Virus. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's the things I can see that bothers me more. <laughs> um, what I want to do is just have an altar service. And if you are, and I'm being sincere, if you're socially distancing and doing all that, that's fine. Stay where you are because I don't want you to have fear, okay? And I mean, I'm respectful of that, especially if you're older um, and you're in that demographic that you, you, it's concerning to you. I don't want you to feel condemned, and I mean that. If you don't have that age, you're not in that age group and you'd like to come to the altar, how many of you would just like to sense the presence of the Lord and close out with a move of the Spirit on our us today? Okay. All right, would you stand? And why don't you just make your way up here right now to the altar. And we'll ask Jason to play the song that I had queued up. Thank you. And just find a place you can stand, you can kneel. And what I recommend some of you do is just, just come and just start off lifting your hands to the Lord. In worship and in a receiving mode. Just press in. Press in. Come on up to the altar. Just press in. Come on up to the altar. You can pray in your prayer language if you want to. You can kneel. You can lay down before the Lord. You can stand. But let's seek Him. Jason, you can turn that up, brother. Thank you. Lord Jesus, breathe on us today. And do us with power from on high, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless you, Jesus. Bless you, Jesus. Bless you, Jesus. Holy Spirit of God. Bless your name, Jesus. Bless your name, Jesus. Oh, Holy Spirit. We seek you, Lord.
We seek you, Lord. We seek you, Lord. Breathe on us, God. Breathe on us, God. Oh, Jesus, endue us with power from on high. We bless you, Lord Jesus. Come. Hallelujah. Lord, we bless you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, Holy Spirit. Oh, Jesus, we bless you. Now, let's just lift our hands. I want to pray that God would breathe. For some of you, you've been filled with the Spirit of God in times past, but it's been a long time since the river has flowed out of your belly. Just begin to seek Him and let let the waters rise in you. I'm not going to fabricate anything. We don't need to. The Spirit of God will give you the utterance. I don't have to do any of that. Lord, I'm asking you and my precious family here today, would you breathe, God, on us? Would you breathe on us, Holy Spirit? God, you promised that out of our bellies would flow rivers of living water. Would you breathe on us, Lord Jesus? Would you breathe on us, Lord Jesus? Hold on. Oh, Jesus, let a refreshing come. Let the river flow, God, in this place. God, replace a troubled heart with peace. Father, I pray for the manifestation gifts to come on my family here, that as we go out into the highways and the byways, that the words of knowledge... The words of wisdom will flow, God. That the gifts of healing, that the working of miracles will will come through this body of believers. Jesus, give us the gift of the discerning of spirits. Father, I pray that once again we'll have dreams and visions that are from God, not just something contrived, but real ones that actually come to pass. Let real prophecy, ones that actually come to pass, that are clear and not weird, let real prophecy flow through this body of believers. Oh, Holy Spirit, come. We love you, Jesus. Breathe on us, God. Fill us up to overflowing, Jesus. And do us with power as we go out into the highways and the byways to compel them to come in. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, Holy Spirit, we love you, Jesus. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. Hallelujah. Lord, we worship you. Come, Holy Spirit. There are those of you here in this presence that have never sensed the presence of God before, you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit. If you're born again, you're a candidate to be filled with the Spirit. Just seek Him, and if you feel something rising up within you and you hear another language in your mind, start to speak out what you hear. 
Father, let, let rivers of living water flow, God, through the bellies here this morning. Some for the first time are refreshing for others, Lord Jesus. Let it come. Let it come, Holy Spirit. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. Hallelujah. Now let's lift our hands and let's pray for this spirit to touch Kevin and Tina. They're on sabbatical. Father, we thank you for this presence that's in this place. And Lord, we just want to ask you to touch Pastor Kevin and Pastor Tina. Right now, Lord, breathe on them while they're on sabbatical. Refill them, God, with this presence, God. Refresh them. Endue them with power, God. They're family, Lord God. They're one of us. And so, God, we cry out for our family. Touch Kevin and Tina, Lord God, and Martha. God, touch them, we pray. Breathe on them, God. Fill them up to overflowing. Give them the rest, God. That Sabbath rest that you promised them, God, is their own sabbatical. God, bless them. Bless them, God. Give them peace. Give Pastor Kevin fresh vision, Lord God. Let him see visions. Let him have dreams. Speak deeply into his spirit and where to, where to take this body of believers as their pastor. Lord, protect them as their own sabbatical. Keep them from interruptions, God. Renew them. Renew them, Jesus. For the battles that lie ahead, prepare them, God, in, in the quietness and in the peace. Just let them have a fresh, fresh renewal of your presence, of your word. Brothers and sisters, can we cry out for revival for Augusta County? And some of the things that I mentioned. Father, we cry out for a move of your spirit in this county, Lord God. God, would you pour your spirit out in this county, God. Lord, would you touch our churches, Lord God. Would you touch our government officials, Lord Jesus. Would you touch all these parents who are upset, willing to pull their kids out. God, would you make a way where there is no way. Lord, would you take charge of these children. And would you pour your spirit out in revival, God. Pour your spirit out in revival, Lord God. Pour your spirit out in revival, O oh God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God, pour your spirit out. Give us rain in this day of the latter rain, O oh God. Give us rain in this day of the latter rain, O oh God. Refresh us, Lord. Stay praying. Put your hands down. I want to pray for some of you. If you need physical healing, eyes closed. I'm not going to embarrass anyone. I wouldn't want to do that. Lift your hands and let's just ask God for healing. Lord, we reach up and we touch the hem of your garment. And we ask for the healing virtue of Jesus to flood into bodies in this place. God, let physical healings, emotional healings take place right now. We ask you humbly, Lord Jesus, to be the healer, Jehovah Rapha, our healer, Lord God. Let healing come in this place in the name of Jesus. 
We take authority over sickness in Jesus' mighty name, and we rebuke it. You put your hands down if you're struggling financially. You don't have to raise your hands. I just want to pray for those that are struggling in that way. God, thank you that you're Jehovah Jireh, the provider. We pray for the blessing of God to come in finances on those who have needs, Lord God. They need that breakthrough. They're tithing. They've done everything. But God, remind them, you're never too late. Help is on the way. God, touch. Eyes closed tightly. If you're struggling emotionally or mentally, you've got anxiety, those sort of things, I want you to raise your hand. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that you are the Prince of Peace. You are the Prince of Peace. You are the Comforter. You are the Paraclete, the one who comes right along beside us and provides counsel. And Father, we lift our hands up. And Lord, we receive this morning, not because we deserve it, but because you love us unconditionally. We receive the peace of Jesus by faith. Now God, comfort a troubled soul. Comfort a troubled heart. And Lord, give us the fortitude to pray through and to keep hanging on because you, help is on the way. God, remind us, increase our faith that help is on the way. If you have loved ones who are far from God and you're worried that if they were to die today, you, you don't know where they would go, I want you to lift your hands and begin to call their names out to the Lord in conviction and for the love of God to visit them. Father, we pray for lost souls. We pray for the backslidden, the prodigal sons and daughters and grandkids. God, bring them in. There are many that belong in this church, God. They belong right in here. So God, would you call their names out to the Lord? Just call their names out to the Lord. Father, touch them. We ask you to save them, Lord Jesus. Put people in their path, God, that can minister to them. Break addictions and bondages over their lives, God, that they may see clearly God, what you are doing. Hallelujah. Jesus, touch. Bring salvation to the lost, God. Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. One more time, the scripture says, let the voice of your praise be heard. So let's just praise Him however you want to and let Him hear us. Father, we worship You. We worship You, Jesus. We worship You, Jesus. We honor Your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Jesus, we bless Your holy name. Worthy is the Lamb, 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 worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. We worship you, Jesus. Now let's give the Lord a big hand clap of praise this morning. Lord, we worship you. We bless you. Well, God bless you guys. Um, take your seats real quick if you don't mind. Tammy's got a few announcements for us. Don't be boring, Tammy. I won't. I will not keep you long. On your way out, you can listen. Let's give uh, Brad and Beth another hand. And more, than, more importantly, let's give God Almighty a hand, a clap of praise. Amen. 
Um, as you leave, ladies, please don't forget to sign up for the cookout for next weekend, uh, next Sunday at 5 o'clock. Be here. The church will provide the meats and the beverages. Bring a covered dish, and let's have a time of fellowship, okay? Be blessed in the name of Jesus.